in the Gospel of Matthew. He said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty, gave you something to drink? When was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? When was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them. Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he'll say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick and in prison? Then we did not take care of you. Then he will answer them. Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Guide us in this life, we pray. Biblical kingship. Biblical kingship is not Prince George and Prince Charlotte in the most regal onesie developed by the best tailors that we have with us today. As much as that's what gets the, the clickbait on the internet because you know you want to see what is the new onesie on the royal family, that's not what we're looking at in Scripture. This is Reign of Christ Sunday. The day that we remember that God is in control, that Jesus is victorious, that there's nothing in this world that can separate us from the Spirit's work. But if we are going to look at this text, we do believe God has something to say to us from it. If we look at these biblical metaphors, we're going to ask, what is the character of the king being painted for us? What is the character of our king? There's really no more confusing place to look to than the scripture we use today. First, we have Jesus, the king, who also acts as a shepherd. 
So we, we are told that Jesus is going to come to reign on a throne. Not really sure what that picture looks like, sort of with a floating throne coming down from the clouds. However you want to picture this, this is scripture for everybody, right? You choose you in this story. But then it says that he will separate people out. Now this king will act as a shepherd. Once again, intertwining like we talked about a couple weeks ago, how king and shepherd are two of the strongest metaphors we have in scripture for God. And it says that the, this shepherd will separate out the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. And the sheep will be those who are blessed by my father, who are to inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. It's good news to be a sheep. And then on the left, the goats. Those that are told, you accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. You don't want to be a goat. The separation, we're told, comes from what people did to the least of the family of Jesus. Jesus says, I was hungry, you gave me food. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you gave me clothing. And the real sort of crux of this whole passage is is that surprise element of the sheep and the goats. All the world being in front of Jesus and saying, what, what, me? I didn't see you. Certainly if it had been you, Jesus, I would have treated you even better than that. Jesus says, no, 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 no. When you did this for the least of these, you did it for me. When you did it for the least, you did it for me. And for you goats, when you didn't, it was a slap in my face. Now I look at these kinds of scriptures with sort of two lenses. The first reaction I have is, yes, I'm a good progressive Christian, so I know that we've got scriptures telling us to take care of people. This is awesome. Let's do it all. Go team. And on the other hand, I look at the scriptures and I go, I can't believe this. I I look at the separation of people and the exaggerated bifurcation of our country right now. To say, is this really what's good for us to hear? That there are the good ones who get to climb up the staircase of clouds? That there's some final destiny time where Jesus says you get to go up there but the rest of you (laughs) follow the guy with the pitchfork and the red cape is that really how the end of the world is going to break down but then if I question my own assumptions and I look back on this I get a little bit more hope my first assumption that I bring to this is that all of this is going to happen literally We have to remember that the scripture starts as saying that the king will separate out as a shepherd. For our English majors in the room, that is known as a rhetorical tool as the simile, right? Like or as. So this is going to be as in in this case. And then the rest of all of this is sort of royal court imagery. And I don't know about you, but if Jesus comes back in the year 2017, I don't know that he's going to look like a king Maybe a president. I'd certainly hope that maybe he's got a 21st century tailor in heaven that can help him bring in some contemporary clothing to our world. Right? Whatever this image is that we're supposed to have today of a Christ that comes back. 
maybe reigning in his black Cadillac SUV down Connecticut Avenue. Who knows? So I'm assuming this was all going to take, ha- take place literally. The second assumption I had is that this story is going to happen someplace else, out there, somewhere, maybe after I die or in heaven or some other realm. But the first sentence says that when the Son of Man comes in glory, and we're reminded that Jesus is going to come here, this place. Not some heaven that's light years away in the sky, but right into our reality of molecular structures and atomic forces here. This realm is the place where God acts in salvation history. I think that's good news in and of itself, that we don't have to wait until we die to encounter God. We don't have to wait for some future judgment for Jesus to bring down the gauntlet. We don't have to wait because it's happening here and now. As one famous preacher once said, it's not really a matter of did the miracle happen, but does the miracle happen? Is Jesus coming to reign here and now? Or is it just something we can push off and therefore not really care about till after we die? The good news is that the Spirit is on the move here and now. This is not a king that just reigns in the celestial skies but is intimately involved in the quagmire of our world. We're called to work with the king to make sure, yes, that people are fed, provided shelter, given decent health care, not left to rot in prison because they're one of those people who did a bad thing. How about this sheep and goat business? We can't just write it off. What are we to make of this? Some scholars seem to think that it would make sense if you remember the audience to which this was written. So imagine that you are a Christian missionary in the ancient Near East. You're told to go spread the good news. And you do. But you don't have any money. There are no social safety nets. There's nothing. And so when you are out there in the world, you are literally living off the generosity of those you meet. You are literally fed at the table of complete strangers. And you are often thrown in the prison for proselytizing about your faith and disturbing the peace. So the goats to you, good Christian missionary sheep, would be those people who did not feed you. Those people who would not welcome you in and would give you a place to sleep. Those people who let the cops know to put you in prison and most certainly would not visit you. This scripture, for for you, if you were a Christian missionary, could be one of those clobber verses. As you're going around, you could read it in public and say, see, you better take care of me or else the eternal fires will be yours. There will be hell to pay. But thanks be to God that in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the reign of Christ assures us that hell has already been paid in full. Now, my experience of us 
here in this congregation is that this is not one of those messages that is mind-opening. Oh, wow, we're supposed to take care of other people because that's how we experience God. That's such a shocker. This is an incredible place, right? Our CAT test, our congregational assessment tool, even showed us scoring extremely high in the measurement of our desire to participate in God's justice on the earth as it is in heaven. The Transition Assistance Program, Shikoho, the Alhazuris and a refugee team, building bridges, the deacons, my friends in Christ, you are earning your fleece, dear sheep. The passage, though, also leaves me wondering about what neighborly love looks like. Social justice often looks like sending money to another good cause or to somebody else or doing a project even at our church. But I wonder what it looks like for all of us to welcome the stranger into our own home. What does it look like to invite the stranger into our homes? The other. There's so many books and studies from The Big Sort by Bill Bishop or The Vanishing Neighbor by Mark Dunkelman, and they all point out how we are separating ourselves out into homogenous clusters, politically, especially by income, especially the top quintile of income. And so it begs us to ask the question, Sure, we've got the money to provide somebody else to take care of those people. But until those people become our people, our Jesus people, there's still some kind of wall up between us and the them. And as one preacher points out, whenever you draw a line in the sand, you will always find Jesus on the other side. The character of our king is one who reigns, but who reigns through being the least of these. Who reigns through compassion. Whose kingdom is one of humility. Not just equality for someone who lives in another neighborhood in the other part of town, but dwells in our midst. the character of a king who gets it and gets it with us. Delmer Chilton tells a story. He says when he was a young boy working at his father's farm, his father quit and got a job at the textile mill. But since he grew up in North Carolina, he's well trained in tobacco farming. He stayed busy in the summers working for his neighbors on the fields, especially his uncle Andy. Now, Andy made his older brother, Danny, a a paymaster, having him keep up with all the workers' hours, figuring out their weekly pay, writing the checks, and then Andy signed them. After about two weeks, Danny, Delmer's older brother, took him to his confidence and told him that Andy was paying one of the workers more than him. Now, with all the righteous indignation that teenage boys can muster when they feel they're being cheated, They fumed for a few weeks, and they finally asked Uncle Andy about what was going on. He said he looked at us for a minute, just a hint of disappointment on his weather-beaten face. 
Then he said, hello here, boys. I don't pay Willie more because he earns it. I pay Willie more because he needs it. Then he turned on his heel and walked away. Danny and I sat in the shadow of the barn and looked into the distance where Willie was trudging down the dirt road to his small, dilapidated, four-room tenant house. There, he would be greeted by one of his four small children, or his pregnant wife, or his disabled mother sitting in a chair on the porch. He supported all of them by the sweat of his brow and the strength of his back. He was neither a smart man nor an educated one. He was just doing the best he could, and his best wasn't very good. Danny and I looked at each other, hung our heads, and never brought up the pay disparity again. You see, this is the character of our king. This is our Lord. Lord and king, these masculine words that for so long were used to subjugate women and impress the poor, are subverted in the Christian faith to remind us that our God reigns. Our, law, our Lord rules with mercy. Our King comes with love. Our Christ is coming in glory to humble himself. We're staring Advent in the face. And as we look towards a season of waiting and coming, I encourage you not to jump in too hard to the Christmas carols, that Jesus is here and we're all happy right away. But to remember the character of the one that we be born so humbly. That you and I may take on the character of this king. To follow this God into the depths of humility, grace, and truth. This is the character of our king. This is our God. Will you pray with me? Eternal Spirit, Earth Maker, Pain Bearer, Life Giver, Source of all that is and all that shall be, Father and Mother of us all, Loving God, in whom is heaven. The hollowing of your name echo through the universe. The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. And the hurts we absorb for one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. And from the grip at all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen.